Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. And as you would expect, this is party week because of the great oh, Chiefs gosh. Super Bowl thrashing of the... Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Is that is it too Th- soon? Thrashing. Thr- is, thrashing. Is it too soon? It was an overtime loss. That is not a thrashing. I... I I seem to remember. Yeah, you're right. It was very close. In fact, this probably was the closest Super Bowl game of all time, as far right. as the length. I don't. Only one other Super Bowl game went to overtime. This one went to mm-hmm. the very end of the overtime period. So this had Absolutely. to have been the longest Super Bowl game. So we're gonna we have a lot to unpack with the Super Bowl. The Supreme Court was out of session this last week, so nothing new to talk of about course. at the Supreme Court. Uh, Trump is back in court. We might talk about that as well, but Chris, we Always. have to talk about the game. And so you well, first, are a 49ers fan. Hold on, Joel. First, we got to pay the bills. Oh, yes. That's what we got to do first. We got to pay the bills first. That's right. This podcast is brought to you by Comedian of Law. We do CLEs that educate and entertain. How how does that sound? Mm -hmm. Absolutely fabulous. We got a CLE cruise coming up here at the uh, mid-September of this year. There are spots available, and we're hoping to see you guys out there. Oh, the cruise. I'm telling you what. These these are filling up. I had no idea. I had hoped that they would fill up, but this is going to be a lot of fun. Going out there and earning CLEs, deducting it from your taxes, and enjoying the high seas. Chris, you cannot beat it. We are going to go back to where the Socrates trial took place. And I am going to make take the position that the issues of the Socrates trial still plague our legal system today. Uh, Absolutely. What, 2,400 years later, and we still haven't learned our lesson. Those are still... Hey, Chris, do, what do you prefer? I'll just throw this out there. Do you yeah. prefer democracy or do you prefer oligarchy? What is your preferred method of government? I mean, I prefer democracy, but I live in an American ogolarchy, so all I've ever known is ogolarchy. I, I tell you what, you can make cases for both sides because, mm-hmm. Chris, people are idiots. People don't even Absolutely. know. Lawyers don't even know who our Supreme Court justices are. We don't understand how our government works. The average person on the street Why? is an idiot. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> But they are. (laughs) Chris, you and I would never let the average dunce on the street who has no idea how the government works, we wouldn't even let that person decide how to run our business. You would not even employ them, let alone put them in as your CEO. But in our governmental system, we're going to let all the idiots out there decide who should be America's CEO. Of course, I'm speaking yep. tongue-in-cheek. I do think it is our best system out there. It just has flaws, right. and sometimes you would like it if the people who actually know better can make sound decisions. So there you go. That is the issue of the Peloponnesian War. You got Spartans. You got the Athenians, and that is still alive today. Hey. Yep. I don't know if I can make a connection between that and the Super Bowl, but let's dig right in. Talk about idiotic decisions. Let's talk about the Super Bowl coin toss at uh, overtime. There you go. You want to jump right in. You guys like to bury your coach, do you not? Chris, we are going to get there, but I do want to point out, I really question your coach, Kyle Shanahan's coaching decisions. I am not talking about what happened during the Super Bowl. We will get there in due time. I am talking about how two days after this game, which was the closest game in the history of the Super Bowl, he Mm -hmm. thought he should fire his defensive coordinator. 
what? Why would you fire that defense gave up barely one touchdown to the Kansas City Chiefs, who many regard have the greatest quarterback of all time? Now, not everyone. There is some debate on that issue. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, losing to the Chiefs in the way that you did is not a fireable offense. If someone should be fired, oh, I don't know. How about the guy who chose to receive the ball either during overtime rather than the defensive coordinator? I mean, I don't know Shanahan's decision, and I'm not. I'm not one to. I'm not the head coach. And I know that, yeah, we play courtroom quarterbacks a lot. We sit here and we make a lot of decisions on what's going on. I I still processing on the firing of the defensive coordinator, trying to figure out why it's there. Shanahan's not a emotional guy, right? He's not just like flying off the handles and making horrible decisions based on emotion. So there's got to be something there. But you're right. From where I sit in my lovely chair in Phoenix, Arizona, I do not understand I the, do not the under- rearranging I do not understand that firing. That looked to me like he wanted a scapegoat and could not fire himself, which he probably should have, rather mm. than the defensive coordinator. Now, I don't think anyone should be fired. I think it was a I great game. So I don't think a single coach should be, and we're going to get to it, but I'm just saying. Special team coach could have been fired? The defense didn't even give up a touchdown until overtime, until the 15th right. minute of right. overtime. We held, now, the, we the, held the Chiefs yeah, there was all the, game there's that one touchdown pass but that was right after that fluke fumble on the punt i don't really yep. blame the defensive coordinator for that that was a fluke thing i am putting that on the special teams because right. they don't Absolutely. know how to get the people to go away from the punt when the person is receiving a punt the his other teammates don't know where the ball is so it's his job to get the people away to make sure a short punt doesn't accidentally hit one of his other teammates in the foot like it did he did not do that that is either poor execution or it's poor coaching but i am not laying that at the feet of the defensive coordinator and so i don't know why you fired your defensive coach all right that being said we're not there yet uh so let's start off with the Super Bowl experience, and it used to be, Chris, in a many, many years ago, a bygone era, the Super Bowl was one of the most watched games because of the commercials. Football. Everyone, not football, the commercials. <laughs> Everyone loves the Super Bowl commercials. Remember the Bud Weiser commercial? Yeah. Where you had some frogs out there? Uh, it, great. Everyone loved to watch the Super Bowl for the great commercials. And Chris, it dawned on me as I was preparing for this podcast, I cannot tell you a single Super Bowl commercial. Is this on me or or has the product gone that bad? Um, I don't know. Any thoughts about the Super Bowl commercials? There was like one that really stuck out to me. Look, I also entertained a bunch of people at our house on Super Bowl Sunday. We had a big block party, you know, kind of block gathering. To get to know our neighbors and all that jazz, we're we're big on that thing now. Any Chiefs fans? Uh, no, they were specifically not invited. This was a Niners only party. Chris, no, we have to work there on was that. a th- there was a couple of Chiefs fans there. It was a good little little back and forth I had with a couple of people. But um, the Dunk Kings commercial yes. with Tom Brady and it, it that's the only one that's really stood out. And and we don't have to get into it here, but. Man, has my social media feeds blown up with people who 
either really, really, really loved the Jesus ads or really, 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 really hated the Jesus ads. I don't there's, get the hate there's for nowhere the Jesus in, ads. There's nowhere in between. I don't and you know it. who's hating the Jesus ads and is surprising me more than anything else? Are my very conservative religious friends. Yeah, the conservatives like the Jesus, are not like, I don't get it. The Jesus washing the feet ad where, and granted, I didn't see the ad during the Super Bowl. I was doing other things, but I guess my understanding is there was a like interchangeable people and Jesus was just washing their feet was the whole commercial. Um, and a lot of my evangelical conservative friends are like up in arms about how Jesus would not wash the feet of those people. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, do you know Jesus? <laughs> like, it's exactly what he would do. But you you get angry. You get angry. Wow. It wasn't the, yeah. So, I mean, the commercials this time around, I really didn't stand. I mean, I'm going to go get me one of those Dunking track suits. That's happening because you can buy one. <laughs> well, let's talk about like the Dunking ones because my counterpart, J-Lo, and I say that because my initials are mm-hmm. J-Lo as well. Uh, a little bit different, but <laughs> I like when I hear J-Lo. I think it's a great, you know. Initials to have. Um, yeah, her last line, Tom Brady, you can stay. I mean, that was genius. That was comedic. Absolutely. My, my, Absolutely. My take on it is I then researched the top Super Bowl commercials after the fact, and then I rewatched them. It dawned mm-hmm. on me, they're not actually that bad. So why is it that I missed all of these commercials during the game? And then it dawned on me, I am a Chiefs fan. The Chiefs have been in four of the last five Super Bowls. And that's my focus has been solely on the game and not the commercials. The commercials are when I have to go use the restroom, refill my drink. And in Super Bowls gone by, I have actually cared more about the commercials than the game. So maybe the commercials are still decent. I'm just no longer paying attention to them since I am watching. I don't know. The Chiefs win right. those Super Bowls. But yeah, they were I actually googled them. They were that was number 1. Um you can't get better than yeah. that. Uh and there were there were a couple of good commercials like the one where uh who was the Star Trek um uh Captain Kirk? Do, do you know John Luke Picard? Yes, yeah. and he threw that person or that cartoon character over the wall so they can get to safety because yep. his head looked like a football and then it splattered against the 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 mountainside yeah. there. That, that was actually quite funny. Mm-hmm. But there's like I think there were some good ones, but yeah, I right. I wasn't I wasn't paying attention to the commercials. You no, know, because we were focused in on the game. So let's talk about the game. The I, game. I I don't want to pat us on the back because we did that last week, but. Heck, I'm going to do it anyways. We nailed this game. My prediction on this game, if you remember, was I said, Mm -hmm. now granted, I did miss a little bit, but what I said, 2410? You said 24-10? Okay, I didn't quite nail the score, but my analysis was this superior coaching and superior quarterback (laughs) play will decide this game. Now, I thought it would decide it to the tune of 24-10. I thought our offense would get Mm -hmm. unpacked a little bit earlier. It didn't. It waited until the very, very end of the game. I don't know why the Chiefs insist on doing that to its fan base, playing these (laughs) gut-wrenching close games. Because you're not a a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but you realize – in all of our Super Bowl wins during the Mahomes era, we have trailed by 10 points late in the yeah. game. Yes, that was a wonderful stat put up by SportsCenter the wow. day after the Super Bowl. We've lived it. But we were talking in our Super Bowl party. Yeah. Do we not, as a fan base, deserve one 
blowout in the Super Bowl? Can we just get no. one game where we can just nope. relax and maybe nope. watch some commercials? Nope. No, it's it's, nope. it's all about what. Nope. Okay, you know what? We can do this. We can do this. Yes, I know we're down. I, didn't I tell you last week, Chris? We will be down 10 points or we'll be down 14. Don't get too excited. That's what we you do. Did. And we you will did. come back. And the Niners aren't going to be too excited anyways because, I mean, we, for lack of a better term, we were just happy to be at the show. Like, <laughs> like in all honesty, yeah, did we dominate during the season? Absolutely. We, we came out swinging and our system is working really, really well and Brock Purdy is doing his thing. One thing I think we can all all agree to on this is that we will be done with the Brock Purdy slander. I do not want to hear I'm tired of hearing this Mr. Irrelevant narrative and he's a system quarterback. Brock Purdy well, held his own. Let's hold on Super to that Bowl. thought just a bit. And I do agree with that. I, I love a Brock yeah. Purdy. Uh, but um, um, one of the issues here, this maybe goes to coaching a little bit. I want to, I want to stay on this, this coaching idea on why yeah, our coaching yeah, yeah, is yeah. so superior, but Brock Purdy, if you look at the first half, the chiefs were dominated. In fact, we got lucky to score yeah. at the end of the first half and barely get three points on the board. Yep. The 49ers dominated the Chiefs first half. And there was a point when it should have been 21 to 0. It was 3 to 0. The, the 49ers left so many points there on the board. Now, I know Brock Purdy did not fumble on that first drive. That was Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but right. whenever the game starts all out that way, where one team just dominates that portion of the game and only scores three points with three drives. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling that. That's a bad omen because the other it side is. realizes, oh, we're still in this game. We have life left. Yeah, and it no, gave yeah, absolutely it gave the Chiefs a, absolutely a little bit of hope. All right, so the Chiefs follow the tried and true formula of superior coaching and superior quarterback play. Let me give you some examples of that. It was earlier in the game. I think it was like the third quarter or so, and the Chiefs had the ball, and it was fourth down and one, and we decided to go for it on fourth and one. Do you remember that play? Yep. yep. And here's what we did. We called a timeout, and I don't know why we wasted that timeout. That loomed large at the end of the game. We called a timeout. So I'm thinking we're going to come out with a great play. And if you watch that fourth and one play, San Fran sold out for the Chiefs running the ball up the middle. They had all of their defensive, their linebackers, their cornerbacks, everyone was, was up. They're right there. They knew we we're going to run the ball right up the middle. Do you, do you know what play we called? A run that, right yeah. up the middle. Yeah. Why? Why the the defense superior coaching telegraph coaching is that they telegraph that's what they were going to do that's Absolutely. what we did and do you know what the result of that fourth and one play was yeah we all know what the result of that San Fran one play got was. the ball first and ten exactly. we earned San Fran a first down why right. we had the trick play when when Mahomes would go off to the corner and do that triple option play which we saw later yep. on in the game. Why yep. didn't they use that play call then and there? Well, Chris, this is my take. This is why the Chiefs have superior coaching. I think Andy Reid played for the end of the game right <laughs> there. Another, he knew he had that play. He knew that was his, his ace in the hole, right? Oh, right. This, they're not going to see this coming. We're going to have this at, at some point in time at the, when it really, really matters. Like when the game's actually being decided, 
I need that play. So I'm not going to blow it early. He could have used that play right then and there. He chose not to, even though he knew he had that play in his arsenal. Chris, I'm going to call that brilliant coaching. The game would not have been won there in the third quarter. The game He needed that play at the end of the game. He had the self-control and restraint to keep that play in his back pocket and only use it at the end of the game. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? I think Andy Reid's at a podium right now going, yeah, I screwed up that call. It happens. Every <laughs> once in a while, we just make a bad call. You're over here with the like conspiracy theory red lines on the wall. Like, hear me. It was brilliant mastermind chess. And Andy Reid's back there with a cheeseburger going, yeah, I made a bad call. Moving on. It, it could be. I mean, I, I guess you, you could say, Joel, okay, yes, he's not going to use that play. But maybe a long bomb, anything better than running the ball right, right up the middle when they know it's going Look, to be stopped. But that being they said, they should have just done a homage to Jason Kelsey and they should have just done a tush push. Like, put the tush push back in the Super Bowl, right? He's up there in his Kansas City Chief overalls and big Yeti t shirt and embarrassing his wife. Man, just take his play, too. Yeah, I do not know why we called a timeout right there to then run a play right up the middle when everyone can see that's where the 49ers yeah. are selling out to stop all right the next play that's going to demonstrate our superior coaching was and this was the play of the game i mean if you could say which actually was the play of the game this mm -hmm. one would be it because this play did decide the game against san francisco this is right after the two-minute warning it was third and yep. five the chiefs had the or the san francisco oh. had the ball and they were in field yep. goal range the Chiefs already blew a timeout, which we already established, and now they only have two timeouts remaining. Since this was a third down play, if San Fran converted on this third down play, the game, the game is over. I'm telling you, there would, would not be another. The Chiefs would never have gotten the ball. They would have kneeled it Absolutely. three times and kicked a field goal because we only had two timeouts, and there would be four clock running since now it's a changeover on downs. Right, it would have ran down to I believe ten seconds left in the game. I did the, the trust math me. On that. I, yeah, nope. I'm I'm well aware. That I'm well, was, that well was aware. The game. Okay, so what did Spags call our defensive coordinator for the first time that game? He called McDuffie on a corner blitz, and if you watch this play in slow motion. Purdy never saw it coming. Even though he nope. wanted to go that direction, that's where the blitz was coming. It was a genius play call. He had, he had saved that in his back pocket, just like I believe uh, Andy Reid saved his great play in his saved it in his back pocket. Here, Spags saved that corner blitz for when he absolutely needed it the most. And so that corner blitz came, and then he jumped up and tipped the ball. And now here also is where maybe superior quarterback play could come in. I believe if Mahomes had been Purdy in that situation and he saw all the heat and knew this was the play of the game, maybe he spins off and uh, and doesn't throw that ball away. Uh, maybe. And, and then because Duffy already kind of left his feet, so he can just spin yeah. away in some other direction and live to see some other play. Just You can't throw the ball away in that situation, which is what he right. did. And of course, you know, the clock stopped, the Chiefs got the ball back, and then we uh, sent the game into overtime. So I do believe that the Chiefs formula of superior coaching and superior quarterback play won the day. All right, Chris. So now let's go back to you. <laughs> there has been a lot of, of, I... of 
criticism on Shanahan. Do you think that criticism is deserved or is it overblown? Way overblown. Way over. Look, Kyle Shanahan is. God, he's doing great things in San Francisco. He's made strategic staffing moves. He is. He's made strategic player moves. He, you know, the the Jed York story that came out where early on they thought the Brock Purdy would be the quarterback. You know, Kyle Shanahan. He's got vision to this. The kid's been to you know, more Super Bowls than anyone else in his division now that Tom Brady's retired, right? And so he hasn't won some Super Bowls. Awesome. And I think he he actually nailed it with the quote where some reporter's like, well, do you feel like you can't win the big game? And he's like, are you not paying attention? How many big games does it take right. to get to the Super Bowl? How many no-win situations? How? I mean, look, the... It bothers me because you would never ask Bill Belichick that question. You they, would never, you would, you would never sh- ask what Dan, um, what's the guy in Dallas right now? Dan Campbell. He no. was there. He got fired. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy is now the coach. McCarthy. Yeah. Right. McCarthy. You wouldn't ask McCarthy that in Dallas and he obviously can't win. Dan Campbell. The, what the discussion is it. Can Dan Campbell win the big game? No, it was Dan Campbell made a bad call in fourth down. The, the absolute, like ridiculousness of yeah Kyle Shanahan's lost a couple Super Bowls how many Super Bowls have you been to so shut your mouth yeah he can get to the game and Kansas City is a ridiculously tough team to beat in the Super Bowl I I absolutely get your point now McCarthy was the coach there of Cowboys and I do think he's been criticized as not being able to win the big game but here's the the problem with this and that is the coaching really they're not the ones responsible for winning the big game they're responsible for coming up with a game plan so that the big game can be won but still you have your players on the field that have to execute in that moment and so a couple of these things had gone the other direction then andy reed loses that game does that mean andy reed is any less of a coach than what he was since he won the game again i I, here's the other reality we got to take a step back here and realize this. There are 32 teams in the NFL. Absolutely. 30 of the other coaches didn't even make it to the Super Bowl. Kyle Shane right. beat out those other 30 coaches. Why right. isn't that being recognized? He did such a great job to even get to the game, let alone be in position to win the big game. And now people are calling him an idiot. I don't get it. Well, and, and, and I know this is going to come as a great shock to everyone, but there has to be a loser yes. at the end of every game. That doesn't is nowhere, nowhere in the sports narrative world at all whatsoever. Is there a discussion of whether or not Christian McCaffrey is a stud running back? Not a question. Homeboy fumbled in the Super Bowl. You can't fumble fumbled there. the ball. You can't fumble in, there. Right. Fumbles the ball in the Super No, no, no. He's still one of the most amazing running backs of all time. He's absolutely great. He Christian take McCaffrey is the man. We he he's MVP. Blah, 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 blah. Did 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 Shanahan fumble the ball in the Super Bowl? No. No, he did not. Nope. But yet he's the problem. Isaiah Pacheco, our stud running back, I think for the first time this year. I don't remember another time when he fumbled the ball. So apparently it was just in the air. Maybe the nerves of the moment. Right. Uh, And 
you can't base their entire ability. Like you can't you can't take Shanahan in a in a vacuum and say you didn't win this Super Bowl, so obviously you can't win a big game, homie. He's been to like what four Super Bowls in his entire head coaching career. He's been in two in the last four years. He's dominated. He's had quarterback problems the entire time. Like, get over it. Talk, that, talk to me about it. Come that, on. That being said, I will agree with you that Shanahan is getting unjustly criticized Absolutely. for some decisions because again, thirty other coaches couldn't even make it to this game. He gets kudos right. for bringing his team. No one should be fired for this Super Bowl. Right. So Kyle Shanahan, I know it just praised you, but now I'm also criticizing you because you should not have fired your defensive coordinator. That well, yeah, yeah, yeah. being said, let's not criticize the Shanahan because give me my, I'm not asking for him to be fired. I am just now right. playing fan afterwards. Let's analyze some of his decisions. And so at the end of the first yeah. half, I don't get it when he did not use his timeouts to stop the clock. He could have had a minute left, so his team could have driven the ball down the field and kicked the field goal. He had plenty of time. In fact, a timeout was made there, and it was the Chiefs that called the, the timeout. I'm going, why would the Chiefs call a timeout there? That's absolutely stupid. We want that clock to run down so San Fran doesn't get the ball. I don't get the decision not to use his timeouts so his quarterback can have a chance to put his team in position to have a field goal before the end of the first half. All right, but now let's focus on the actual decision yeah. that everyone is criticizing, the overtime coin flip. So, Chris, we, we already hurts. established that Shanahan, this is not a fireable offense. Mistakes happen. Now, look, But let's analyze this decision. I don't get it. It hurts. I, it I hurts. don't you get don't this know. decision. Because they don't know the overtime rules. That was the... That, that was... So we're, we'll set the stage at the Marone household, right? It's now, we're now hitting overtime. Most of the people have left my house because they have small kids. Okay. It's eight o'clock Arizona time. So the, the two-year-olds, the three-year-olds, the four-year-olds, everybody with their small kids have taken them home now. So now it's just me and like eight other people sitting at my house watching this game. And the Chiefs fan have, the, the diehard Chiefs fans had left. And it was just kind of my friends that are like, we're just having fun at Chris's house. We're not really into the football game. And then there's me stressed out <laughs> pacing. I did 10,000 steps around my patio area in my backyard. I like nearly fell over when the Niners said we'd like to receive. I, it was that moment. I knew that we had lost the game. I literally ask anybody who came to my house. That's when I started folding up chairs and tables and started folding. Like I started putting the food away. I just started cleaning because I'm like, why, why did no, he didn't receive? think this one through. How did he well, not think this Niners one through? No. So the guy well, who hold on a second. said he didn't know. Hold on a second. His players didn't know, but Kyle Shanahan no. knew. He, he knew oh, how absolutely. the game was played. Now, I get it. That's a whole other coaching mistake. Why did his players not know the yeah. rules? And that we can talk about that a little bit later, and we will. But Kyle Shanahan, right. he knew the rules, and this was his thought process. Yeah. He's, he he, he analyzed, analyzed it to basketball. So in basketball, when you're at the end of the, sh of the, the half or end of the game, yep. what basketball coaches will do is say, can we steal two possessions to their one possession. Can we shoot the ball early mm -hmm. enough in the shot clock? Therefore, the other team gets the ball and they have to shoot before the end of the shot clock so we will get a, another possession. It's the two-to-one right. possession game that's played in basketball. And Kyle Shanahan thought, I'm going to do that same thing right here. By us taking the ball first, 
That yep. means that it's probably going to be tied after both teams have a possession. We will get that third possession. He was playing for the third to get that third, uh, that second possession, the third possession of the game. Here's yep. a problem with that, uh, that approach. It was Doesn't never going to a third possession where they would get their second turn crack at the bat because the Chiefs were going to go for the two-point conversion. There is no yeah. way the Chiefs would say, you know, we realize now we you scored a touchdown, we just scored a touchdown. We're going to just tie this game up so that you can have no. the ball back and kick a field goal. No, the Chiefs were not going to do that because they're tired no. at that point in time. They are going to go for the two-point conversion because I'm sure Andy Reid had another trick up his sleeve that he was holding back because <laughs> he's the most brilliant coach ever. It was never going to go to that third possession. And so that's why I think Kyle Shanahan messed up when he decided to, to yep. uh, receive the ball. See, I'll buy that as a, as a horrible decision, horrible coaching decision. Cause it was, um, there was a, after the game interview and I can't, was it with Pacheco? I think it was where they're like, we talked about the playoff rules every single week we yes. knew what our playoff strategy was the whole nine yards and then when you had the mic'd up patrick mahomes afterwards and he was so confused he's like they they're gonna receive it okay they're gonna receive it and he give and andy reed was like merry christmas like <laughs> I know. like the the chiefs were were more surprised that we opted to receive it because it was the bonehead and niners fans everywhere across this great land were like oh i'm sorry what now let let's also give some credit to Kyle Shanahan here. Would it have made a difference to the Chiefs? I don't think it would have. I think yes, they said, "Oh, look, the Chiefs knew they had four downs every single time." No, the Chiefs were going to score anyways. Yes, there was that one fourth and one. Even if they had the ball first, they're still going forward on fourth and one. There's no Absolutely. way they're not. And, and so, yeah, yeah. it really the did Chiefs not make getting, a difference. Yeah. The Chiefs were going to score a touchdown. Where it made a difference was or nothing. It, it took away that decision-making from the 49ers. Now, yes, if they knew they had to score a touchdown to even tie the game, exactly, it, it took it away from them. Plus, if the 49ers, so let's just say that if the Chiefs had gotten the ball first, I think we all agree the Chiefs would have scored a touchdown. They, they were clicking all cylinders here. This was overtime. Right. This was Mahomes' time. We get that. So they're going to score a TD. Now the 49ers have the ball. And their mindset is we have to score a TD. And they got the ball Absolutely. all the way down there to what the the five yard line here, whatever, yeah. uh, inside the ten. If they scored a touchdown, which I'm assuming they would have at that point in time because they they knew they had to. Do you think the 49ers would have kicked the field goal to send it to a third possession for the Chiefs? No. Or would they have gone for two to end it right then and right there? They would have gone for two. Yes, I they would have gone. Right. For, they would have gave it to McCaffrey. They would have given it to McCaffrey to run it. Yes. And, they would have gone. And so because that, and of that, that's why Shanahan should have realized it wasn't going right. to a third possession. Right. The Chiefs were going to do one of two things. They were going to score a touchdown or they were going to put up a goose egg. That was what that 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 is the Chiefs mantra. They would have yes. they would have scored it. They would not have gone for a field goal. They the would only, have scored the touchdown. The only way they go for a field goal there is if it's fourth and seventeen, right? If they somehow right. had a holding call and it was not really a makeable fourth down situation. But if it's fourth and five, fourth and seven, they're absolutely, going they're going for it. Yeah, they're going for it. They're they're not gonna right. They're not gonna do this. They in like hindsight, right? Fifty. The hindsight's twenty twenty. 
not hindsight is a 2020 i was at the coin toss going this is ridiculous we've just lost the game All right. but at the same time like shan decisions are made right i i can i can say that that's a dumb decision but i can hang my hat on going that's not the dumbest decision in super bowl history because we still have a seahawks patriots super bowl <laughs> where they should have gave the ball to marshawn lynch and ran it ran the ball but instead yeah. we're going to throw it from the two-yard line that's so not- i can hang my hat knowing that pete carroll made a dumber decision there a much go. more experienced pete carroll there made a go. much stupider decision and that is the san fran experience hey at least it wasn't the dumbest decision in the history <laughs> of the super bowl look man we're just trying to console our feelings like we're just we're trying to get there since we are talking about history here let's go into this because one of the other takeaways from this is are the chiefs now one of the best teams ever and and are they a dynasty well it's pretty much considered now they are a dynasty but are they one where do they rank among the dynasty teams chris i am going to suggest the chiefs cannot be one of the best teams in the the history of the dynasties in the nfl because of this we've yet to blow out a team in fact chris i'm not even back up from that we've yet to conclusively beat a team in each of our three recent Super Bowl wins, we have been dependent upon the other team making either a boneheaded decision in the fourth quarter or really underperforming in the fourth quarter. But Mahomes was not on the field. We had a double-digit deficit, and we were reliant upon other teams' mess-ups to even get Mahomes back on the field with a chance to win the game. So if we aren't even conclusively beating teams at all, is it fair to say that we are one of the best dynasties of all time? Chris, let me I give, mean, no. Let, let me give you some stats here. Packers, they were considered the first Super Bowl dynasty, won the first wow. two Super Bowls. Those two scores where they beat the Vikings and they beat the Chiefs 35-10 to 10 and 33-14. Those were yep. conclusive beatdowns, right? Well, and you also got to consider what the Packers won before the actual quote-unquote Super Bowl Good point. was there as well. Right, just because I don't think the Super Bowl, though now in modern era, is the is the defining factor. Pre Super Bowl times, the Green Bay Packers were a dominant team. Yes, to begin with, because all there is is snow and football in Wisconsin, <laughs> and they still won. In a, they still won NFL championships, which really yeah. was the Super Bowl in those days. It you really know, was pre merger before the, the yeah, pre NFL merger. So yeah. Packers destroyed a couple of teams there. The Steelers, yes, they had some yep. close games. Absolutely, the Steelers. 16-6, uh, to six, that's at least a 10-point win. Then you had 21-17, yep. 35-31, and then 31-19. So the Steelers there didn't really dominate anyone, though the last game mm-hmm. appeared to be at least a, a convincing a 12-point win. The 49ers, they are the other dynasty, the third dynasty uh, in this yep. list. Let's look at some of their scores. They beat Cincinnati. 26 21 and then they also beat cincinnati yep. 20 to 16. okay if you have oh, beaten, if two of your no, super no, no. bowl wins are against cincinnati do we discount those two super bowl wins i don't know it's a fair question all right the other, we did beat denver the other two super bowl wins were 38 16 and 30 or 55 to 10. yeah, yeah. let's talk about that but we also well when you look at the opponents right it was the bills and then it was um denver right like you back then the the Bengals were good the Bengals are good ish now but 
you know, back then the Bengals were good. They made it to the the Super Bowl. You have to give them credit for making it to the Super Bowl. Same thing with the the Bills and the the Broncos, but you can't compare today's Broncos country versus the 1990 Denver Broncos where we defeated them by 45 points. But still, you beat the the AFC's best team in the Super Absolutely. Bowl 55 to 10. And by the way, right. that was against John Elway. I remember that game. It was. Uh, and, and so this, this was a convincing <sighs> smackdown. What I'm saying here is the Chiefs have no counterpart no, to that. No, we never actually no smacked down a team. The Cowboys, their three Super Bowl wins were 52-17, yeah. 30-13, and 27-17. Those are three smackdowns by the Cowboys. Yep. So if, if you are comparing the dynasty teams, right? where do the Chiefs rank with three wins that they've made where all three of their wins were come from behind, 10 points down in the fourth quarter, relied upon the other team's mistakes. Oh, by I the way, the other two dynasties were the Patriots and Patriots. They haven't blown out a single team either. So the Patriots and the Chiefs right. are right there together. They like those close comeback wins. I got to give the Patriots more of a dynasty discussion because, yeah, the Patriots and the Patriots were the dynasty, but it was with Tom Brady both times. Like, it's not – it's it, it, when you have two back-to-back dynasty type eras with the same quarterback, you're a dominant dynasty. I don't yes. care if you win by an inch or a mile. If you have one guy leading you to two discussions about two different time periods in the, in the history of the organization, and it's being led by the same dude, that's, that is a very powerful dynasty. I don't care what your point score is. And I know the media calls those two different dynasties. Oh, the Patriots had two different dynasties. No, no they, they had didn't. one. That's one had very, one. very long dynasty. Right. They were the dominant team in the right. NFL for that entire time period. In fact, one of those years where they did not win the Super Bowl, that was the right. undefeated year where they had Randy Moss destroying everyone and yeah. lost to the Giants on some kind of helmet catch. So, yeah, this was, yep. I, I think, the Patriots dynasty. I'm going to rank them as number one, even though they've Absolutely. had no blowouts. But come on, that was a very, no. very long dynasty where they were the dominant team in the, yeah, that was a reign. Uh, that was a reign in the NFL. All right. So, right. I just. The Roman Empire. Let's just go over these various dynasties. You have the Packers okay. in the 60s, the Steelers in the 70s, 49ers in the 80s, Cowboys in the, in the 90s, the Patriots in the 2000s, until the 2020s mm-hmm. where you have the Chiefs. So, Chris, right. I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's rank them. Of those dynasties, who is the least impressive? Dallas Cowboys. All day long. Oh, come on all, now. All no, day that's long. Not a, that's not a Dallas, valid. Dallas. <laughs> That's your 49er in you. No. Well, I look, I Why Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys near the bottom. 52 17, 30 to near 13, 27 17. Three near blowouts. Bottom. Near the bottom. Near the bottom. <laughs> All right. Dallas Cowboys. All right. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, 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 I'm feeling it like right in my throat. Like I'm regurgitating every time I say Dallas. <laughs> it really hurts. No. Um, I would actually like, much to the chagrin of many, many people in my life, I'd put the um I'd put the uh Steelers at the very bottom. You know what? You almost have to. I know they had four wins, so that's significant. But and they man. have six overall. I mean, they they are the second highest ring getting um, organization. No, no. But the highest. Are they the high? Well, yeah. don't the Patriots have? Nope. No, Patriots Tom have Ver- six. No. Yeah. So, but I would still put the Steelers at the bottom. I'd follow that by the Packers, then the Cowboys, then the Niners, then <sighs> Niners and Chiefs. I'm right now. They're kind of. 
Well, I'm, I'm leaving the Chiefs out of it. I think you got to rank I the am. Chiefs at the bottom, even though I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Um, if I'm I looking see, at the impressiveness of these dynasties, I wouldn't put the Chiefs even above the Packers. The only reason why the Packers only had two is because that was when they very started. That was when they there first was no started Super the Bowl. Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> So, there was no Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they could have had several before that. I don't know. Um, and so I, if you want to look at actual wins, I know the Chiefs games are exciting because they are overtime. They are coming down to the finish. Yeah. They're double-digit yeah. deficits, and everyone loves the comeback. But still, right. they don't, don't dominate any of these teams. And I would put at the top the Patriots. The second one, I, I hate to tell you, say this, but I would have to put the Cowboys at number two Ooh. because three dominating wins. And come on, two of the 49ers wins came against the Bengals. I can't give them credit for those two. Those maybe yeah. one. I'll give them credit for one Super Bowl since they beat Cincinnati twice. Uh and then they had two other blowouts. I don't know. Maybe 49ers above the Cowboys. That that's really close in my book. Uh but I would put the four, the Chiefs on the bottom of the list of dynasties. But Chris, here is the beauty of this conversation. We're not done yet. We are coming yeah. back next year. So why don't we use that as a segue? What do you think about next year? Who do you think is, who are your Super Bowl picks for 2024? Wow. I mean, we're like three days past the Super Bowl, man. I'm still crying over here over. You know who's the favorite, don't you? Yeah, according to Vegas, do you know who is the favorite to win next year's Super Bowl? Dallas? Nope. Is it San Francisco? It's San Fran. They already came out. No way. They are the, no way. the leader. No. They are the betting favorite to win the next Super Bowl, followed by the Chiefs. I think the fourth or oh, fifth yeah. best team, as far as odds, would be the Cowboys, which makes me question Vegas altogether. Uh, but, yeah. You should. You should absolutely question Vegas altogether because, look, you know what's the sad part about this? And this is going to be a little spinoff commentary. People are already betting on that. <laughs> yes. People, Joel, we are literally five days removed while we're recording this. Five days removed from the Super Bowl. They're, first off, and I know we'll get into this in a minute, it is absolutely disrespectful that Vegas is putting odds <laughs> after the Super Bowl parade that we had in Kansas City and the tragedy that happened there. Absolutely disrespectful, and that's bad form, but that's Vegas. Two- <laughs> It's worse that people are even betting this early in. We, we Chris, don't even I, know. I hate to break it to you. Those odds came out that evening. I, I, I'm sure I read those odds within about an hour after the Super Bowl. Whatever, man. Like, could we? Could, this is why we live in an oligarchy. Everything's bet by by greed. Like, this is ridiculous. Who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl next year? I don't know. Yes, I well, don't. I don't know what. I don't know what. What team? Is going to be. I don't know who's going to retire from the Niners. I don't know who's going to retire from the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs I have two huge free agents. Uh, right. Chris Jones being number one, and right. number two it's um, uh, Snead, uh, our, right. our cornerback. And so we really need both those guys back. Our defense was so crutch, uh, clutch of this year, and we need both those guys back. But that's one of the problems of winning the Super Bowl is you have an entire roster full of Super Bowl champions and everyone right. wants to pay to have a Super Bowl champion on their team thinking that the Super Bowl mojo that Super Bowl juice might 
come and spill off and impact the aura of their locker room. So people are willing to overpay for these Chiefs free agents and the Chiefs can't keep everyone under the salary cap. And that's right. That's why it's superior coaching and superior quarterback play. That's going to win the day. So it's going to be you, tough for the Chiefs. Ooh, did you see the quote from Tyreek Hill? during like the pregame show or whatever, where he's like, I miss being in Kansas city. Yes. And I was like, well, Tyreek, I hope you miss it while sleeping on your giant pile of money. Yeah. I hope you, that's what you traded selling out because right. for a couple million dollars a year difference, you now are, you know, the chiefs have won two you, straight super bowls since they got rid of you. Uh, yeah, that's right. Chiefs are really crying. Now, would we be a better yeah. team? If Tyree Kill were on the field during this last Super Bowl, probably he is the best receiver in the NFL, but here is what right. happened when we got rid of him. Number one, we freed up more calf space to sign other defensive players, number one. Yep. But I think most importantly, number two, Mahomes really developed as a game manager. Before, when he had yeah, Hill, yeah. he did not need to be a game manager. He could chuck that no. ball all across the, the field and find Tyreek even 50 yards down the field for these bombs. Since he, we lost Tyreek, now he has to be a game manager and man, is he a far superior quarterback than the pre-Hill-free you know, uh, free well, Mahomes yeah. that we had. Well, also... And I, maybe this is kind of more obvious to me than everybody else. You don't need to be better. You won two Super Bowls back to back. Right. You, what, like, how much better do you want to be? You are at the top of your game. You are the world champions twice. Yes. And what, that, what, that's better? What? Go F yourself. What do you mean better? Like, that, that's I, why I, the Chiefs... I always see when people are like, oh, I can, I could, I could, we could make the Chiefs better. You don't need to make the Chiefs better. You need to make the Chiefs maintain. Yes, and in this era, maintaining is the best. And keep in mind what the Chiefs want to do. The Chiefs want to to catch the Patriots. The Patriots were good Absolutely. for the long haul. You can't overpay right. any aging superstar because when you do that, you cut yourself off at the knees. You know, you got to keep your quarterback healthy and you got to keep your coaches. But oh, pretty much every other player. Is interchangeable. I mean, we'll we'll pay yep. Chris Jones, but we won't overpay Chris Jones, and that's what nope. you cannot do. And yes, Chris Jones, you're going to have to take a, a hit on your salary to play for the Chiefs because they just can't overpay any of their star players. And what do you want more, right? And for some people, looking at you, Tyreek Hill, a couple million extra dollars is worth more than a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, as if he's ever going to spend it in his lifetime. Right. Well, in here, this is going to go into a much deeper conversation than we probably had planned, but most NFL players don't come from the most stable background. True. They don't, they don't come from, you know, a moneyed background for them. This is their, this is a lottery ticket for a lot of NFL players to be able to elevate them and their families out of generational poverty. Let's unpack that here a little bit. Chris Jones as a three time Super Bowl. Back to back to back champion. Now he, I know he's already won yeah. the three Super Bowls, but he wants this fourth. By the way, Chris Jones has been with the Chiefs. I think the second longest of all the current Chiefs. I'm not sure of that. Yep. Travis Between, Kelsey is definitely number Kelsey. one. And yep. I think Chris Jones is number two. Uh, yes. And so his marketability. Can you imagine what that would be if he stayed with the Chiefs and we won? A back to back to back a Super Bowl. It yep. will far exceed any 
contract differential if he signs a bigger contract with a different team no right yeah he needs to stay with the chiefs i think he'd make more well, money and, as a chiefs player with the endorsements than he would with any other team right and a lot of players don't understand that your shelf life as an nfl player is short it is not longevity joel you and i have been lawyers for decades name me three Name me one lineman, O-line, D-line, linebacker that that has a decades, plural, long career in the NFL. I can name you one. Probably Go. the same one you can, Jason Kelsey, and that's it. Jason Kelsey. <laughs> that's it. Right. That's yeah. it. It's, yeah, it takes that level of superstardom right. for us to even remember their name. Right. Well, and good gravy, like <laughs> – you it's hard like i i see the tyreek hill side of this where it's like i my commodity are my legs i need to go where i can get the most amount of money because eventually like every good engine these are going to break down yes do i want super bowl rings absolutely i want to play in the big game i want to play for a super bowl but you know if, if tyreek hill wins two super bowls and loses 50 million dollars is that is is that comparable for what he's trying to do with his life along uh, and with a lot of other people like yeah wrong you know gronk gronk can just retire and he's fine because he comes from a a, a socioeconomic background that doesn't require him to to kill himself on the football field but a lot of these guys don't have that luxury. Well, clearly, Chris, we are going to have so much fun today talking about the Super Bowl. We're oh, not going to actually get to Trump. We're going to have to save Trump until next week. So let's just That's focus fair. this entirely on the Super Bowl. Why? Let's well, because the Chiefs won and I just can't control myself. <laughs> but uh, since you are not a, a diehard Chiefs fan, you are watching the Chiefs I'm from there. outside, right? But you are a Swifty fan. I, I have to ask you I this am. next question. What is your take on the this social media idea that that um, Taylor Swift needs to run and run now, fast away from this loose cannon that is Travis Kelsey? I am referring to first of all his interaction with head coach Andy Reid. What were your thoughts as an outsider, but a Swifty? watching that interaction that's the heat of the battle man that is the that is the absolute heat of the moment travis kelsey is has some embarrassing things outside of the football arena screaming at your head coach it didn't even register to me right He, he is an intense player he is he is i mean Nobody told Giselle to run away from Tom Brady when he's breaking Microsoft surfaces left, right, and center as he's throwing them and telling his teammates that they're effing idiots and that the whole game effing sucks and you're an effing this and an effing that. Nobody got mad at Tom Brady. Look, Bobby Knight. People got mad at Bobby Knight for throwing chairs. For those of you at home who don't know Bobby Knight, he was a coach at Indiana basketball and probably the worst-tempered individual in sports history. Right. We can say that. Or when Reggie Miller was telling Spike Jones to like, like choke himself and all these sorts of things at the Knicks arena, like getting into the heat of Kobe Bryant screaming at teammates, like you're in the heat of the moment. And yeah, 
you you may have acted poorly, Jason Kelsey. It may have been a bad look, you screaming at Andy Reid. We get it. But his apology tour that he has taken for the last five days and just owning the fact that it was the heat of the moment, he apologized to Coach Reed afterwards. It was, you know, it just, you're in the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey was not having a good Super Bowl game. He was putting up very little stats. He was very little involved. He's a key player for the Chiefs. For him to get fired up and yell at Coach Reed, that's that's part of the game. So I, I, I think a couple things are going into this situation, and Travis Kelsey is not going to throw his teammate under the bus. It's not what Travis Kelsey does. I no. think what really was motivating that interaction, and I think we all can agree, it looked way worse than it actually was. And because it's right. a Super Bowl, you have a lot of noise, a lot of you know people cheering, and so you're going to be and yelling because you want to get heard. And, and also, he's kind of running up, did he bump into Reed? Yes, he yeah. did. But it was like he was not attacking it Reed. Wasn't like a he was just trying to get there. And he and he lost track of where he was because he was in caught up in the moment. This was not anger towards Andy Reed in any shape or form. This was I just want to get his attention and tell him he can put me in. So what do I mean by not throwing his teammate under the bus? Here's what I really think he was saying. The reason why there was a fumble there, if you remember right. His right. backup tight end was in the game and not Kelsey. They gave Kelsey a little bit of a breather, maybe saving him for the second half. Uh, and, and so his backup tight end was there. And if you watch that fumble where I, Isaiah Pacheco, who has not fumbled, I don't believe all year. I don't remember a single time he has fumbled this year. And so it's very odd for him to fumble in that situation. It was caused not by the defense, by the backup tight end. He was not where he was yeah. supposed to be. He was not careful with his arms and his hands. And so it was the backup tight end who messed up the blocking. Kelsey was not saying, put me in and throw the ball to me so I can get the touchdown. He was right. saying, put me in there and I won't make that mistake. We don't fumble the ball and we can score a touchdown. Right. So I, I think that was his perspective. Did it, it, did it come out kind of loud and obnoxious? Yes, it did. It was a horrible, horrible look, and I think he's owned up to that. But I don't think that that Taylor Swift should dump him for that reason. No. There's now, other reasons. Now let's get on to the reason why she should dump uh, Travis Kelsey, which is the parade. Now, we're going to talk about the parade here because I know there's another issue with a parade that everyone is talking about. But I don't, I don't want to get there just yet. And I think what I am going to start out with here is connected to the tragedy, the, 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 the tragedy. And, and so yeah, I, I'm hoping I don't kill myself here uh, in, in making this connection, but I think the Chiefs bear some, some, not all, some responsibility for the tragedy that happened. Let me state my case here. Yeah, go. What did we see on display? Uh, at, at, at the parade. And by the way, I did not go to the parade. Why did I go to, why did I not go to the parade? That's not my jam. I don't want to be in amongst a million people where the right. worst human behavior is on display. And you, I don't know if you've been to these kind of parades. I went to the Royals yep. parade. It's a nightmare. You have people pushing, shoving, get in front of you. You have rudeness. So let's say that you are there trying to watch the parade and you are three deep because you got there three hours ahead of time. 
you'll have some guy t- trying to drag his kids in front of you so that his Absolutely. kids can get a better view of the parade. It's like, dude, I got here with my kids three hours ahead of the time. I want your kid to be able to see this, but no, that's not how this works. But you have right. that kind of discourtesy going on. That's not my jam, so I don't want to be down there at the parade. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, you, 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 and plus, Chris, the drunkenness is on display. And Absolutely. I, I cannot stand this public drunkenness. You have a million people out there, and who is the leader, the, 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 the leaders for this drunkenness display? The Chiefs the players. Chiefs. They are on yeah. these cars, these buses, downing the Coors Light, downing the beer and the liquor, whatever they have uh, yep. up there. It was embarrassing. And then it was capped off when Travis Kelsey got up on the stage and tried to sing Friends in Low Places. I don't think I've ever been to a bar when I saw someone that drunk. (laughs) That is what is being displayed and modeled for all of Kansas City, all of Kansas Mm -hmm. City's youth. I think we have a population of 2 million people and 1 million were at the parade. That's what's being modeled. That level of drunkenness. All right. Chris, that is embarrassing. Taylor Swift, I think, should be rethinking having Uh, anything to do with Travis Kelsey when he insists on being that drunk in public. All right, now let's go and let's talk about the shooting because I think they they could be connected. Right after the shooting, I was on record of saying, I don't think this is a mass shooting situation. Now, again, this is a sensitive topic, so I'm trying to use my words carefully. What I mean by mass shooting is when you have some gunman go into a crowded scene to see how many people he can kill. That's how I view mass shooting. Those are terrorist acts. That's that's scary. That scares the bejeebus out of all of us. We don't want to see that. And you know what I'm talking about? As compared to a couple of idiots bringing guns to a, 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 a situation like this, getting into a tiff with each other and shooting at each other and other people are caught in the crossfires. You, you want, you see the difference I'm trying to make? Right. It wasn't a premeditated act of bringing a loaded firearm with the specific intent of shooting into the crowd Exactly. Into like Mandalay Bay. That's my point. That is my point. Exactly. If that were the intent with a million people all packed into one small area, it would have been disastrous. We're talking a hundred people plus, right? Would have been killed. It would have been, I mean, it was horrible as it was, but I'm just saying that's not what the situation was. This was two people getting caught up in the 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 fighting the the elbow nudging nudging and no we don't actually know the motive but the early indications are it was two people in a dispute chris we mm-hmm. don't know all the facts but if alcohol had anything to do with these two people being in the dispute this right. is a horrible horrible look for the Kansas City Chiefs why look i've been to these parades right i am clearly wearing head to toe giants gear today. I have been to the giants world series parades in the 2010s. I was a full blown raging alcoholic in the 2010s. And I was drunk drunker than I had ever been probably at the, at the world series parade in 2010. And I was sober as sober could be for 2012, very different experiences. Um, my question to this day, and I've asked it many a times to all of my friends is, why do we suspend 
the open container laws and the drunken public laws for sporting event celebrations. So I'm going to suggest, why do we suspend our open container laws when they are most needed? Right. In that situation, that's when you, right. you don't want public drunkenness. Yeah. It's, it's in, so I, I also, um, um, I went to a party school. I went to California State University, Chico, in a very high time of partying when it was revered as a, a party school. I remember one year, Halloween was the big day. Halloween was the huge, with the huge party. Tens of thousands, 50-ish thousand people would come to this small Northern California town and we would all get drunk in the middle of downtown. And one year, the city council said, you know what? We're going to compromise. We're not going to be able to enforce open container laws on 50,000 people. It's just not going to happen. But what we will do is if you have glass bottles, that's an arrestable offense. Okay. Because you you drink, you finish your glass beer, your Budweiser beer, or you finish your bottle of vodka or whatever you had, and now a glass bottle is a weapon. If you have a plastic bottle of vodka, which is the lower class vodka, by the way, just putting it out there, um, or if you have an empty Bud Light can, you huck that at someone's head, it's not doing a ton of damage. So that was their compromise, and people revolted like revolted to the point of like trying to reelect a new city council. People filed lawsuits about their right to, to have glass bottles. And in my head, I'm like, it's still a crime to have an open container in your hand. Like what level do you think that just because it's a special event that you get to suspend public safety laws? Like, why don't we just say, okay, then you can drive drunk. I mean, it's, it's the chief's parade right? or it's the, or it's Halloween or whatever. You could go ahead and just drive. We're going to suspend the DUI laws because there's just, we just can't enforce it. Everywhere. Now, I guess I can see the, we can't enforce this when you have a million people downtown Kansas right. city, everyone that's drinking, you don't have that many police officers to arrest all those people. Yeah. So uh, as much as I, I don't like suspending but the open still. container law, I, maybe I can see as a practical standpoint, why that can't be enforced. But my take is going to be, why are the Chiefs modeling the most abhorrent, that, yeah, worst behavior. behavior in that situation? It's one thing we can't enforce this because there's too many people out there, but the Chiefs don't have to model it on right. their their uh, their buses up on the stage. Look, celebrate your Super Bowl win. You don't need to be absolutely piss-faced drunk singing Friends in Low Place. Like, we, we talked about it in the pregame of the show is – Let's look at Pat Mahomes last year, catching beers that are flying in from the crowd, chugging them, slamming the, the beer can, throwing it out, right? Woo! Doing the drunken thing to this year. Much, he was an elder statesman. And he just, was much more composed this year. Right. Thank you. Still goodness. wearing his pit vipers, still looking like an idiot, but <laughs> like not getting hammered drunk in front of everybody. Like that's leadership. In fact, he right? tried to take the mic away from Kelsey. Right. And look, we know Kelsey's a giant goofball, right? When Kelsey went to the White House last year and Kelsey and, and President Biden or uh, Mahomes and President Biden were off doing something and Kelsey made his way to the podium and he was about to say, like, we know that he's a big goofball. Like, we get it. You know, fight for your right to party or Viva Las Vegas, right? Like the, the New Heights pot. We get it. That's your persona. You don't need alcohol. You don't need to be drunk. No. You don't need to be drunk to be a fun guy. No. You're a fun guy. Yes. That is, I do believe the Chiefs bear some responsibility. I wish they would own up to it. And I wish 
mm-hmm. for future parades, and I do believe there will be future parades if we do win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it might be I'm a sure. little bit different, but cut out the drinking. Uh, stop this drunkenness display for the entire city of Kansas City. It is impacting our youth. It's a horrible message. It is a horrible, horrible look. And I, I it's too early to say, but I am starting to see that maybe the two are connected. Maybe it's setting up some yeah. kind of a, um, a look where public drunkenness is okay. It's accepted. It's maybe it's even encouraged. It's definitely a model. Yeah. And maybe the people in the crowd are following suit. And again, tragedy uh, result uh, occurred. All right. Yeah. Hey, I hate to end the show on a down note because the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl. And as you pointed out, it's now baseball season, and so we'll have, I'm sure, yep. at least a couple things to talk about baseball in the upcoming podcast. But hey, <laughs> we, we better. It's time for us to go to work, Chris. So have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. See you, Joel. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tribe. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support.